And I don't doubt that it will still come out as a joke out of your mouth (laughs) and that it will be there. So we don't need to like gild the lily. You know, we don't need to like keep pushing on this one aspect of you. I think there's other things about you than that you have daddy issues. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. If you are interested in coaching, private or on the podcast, reach out to us, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and DM us your questions, notyourtherapistpodcast. Listener question for the week, how do I stay away from someone that I know is bad for me? This came from a woman that I know who is dating another woman. They had a bunch of back and forth, a lot of, you know, her going back to her ex and then coming back to her and having sex and getting confused. And she was really trying to make a clean break from this woman who was obviously not very good for her. And she told me, I labeled her in my phone as no. So when she texts me, I just see no. And I honestly think that that makes that other person too attractive to you. It's too tempting. It's like if you're on a diet and you say you absolutely cannot have any chocolate cake, you're going to end up binging on the chocolate cake rather than if you're like, you can have a piece of the chocolate cake. And then you have it and you're like, oh, was that even really worth it? It wasn't the best chocolate cake I've ever had. While I would never encourage someone to do something that's toxic or destructive for them, if you are having an attachment to a person or relationship and it just won't go away and you're fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting it, loosen up on the reins a little bit and just say, okay, yeah, go for it. Go for it again. Maybe you need to sleep with this person three more times before you realize they're never going to give you what you want. Maybe you need to let them text you and not ask you out a bunch more times before you realize it's going to happen. Like sometimes we as humans are a little bit of idiots a lot of times and we really have to kind of hit that rock bottom with ourselves before we can come back from it. And if we try and be well behaved and pull ourselves away from it too early, it's going to become this kind of tempting thing in our mind that we were not allowed to have. And so we're always going to want it. And that's when we put this other person on a pedestal in our mind, even if it wasn't that great to begin with, all of a sudden us denying ourselves and being like, no, no, you're bad. You can't have it. Kind of like gets in touch of that childhood instinct of like, I want the thing I'm not supposed to have. So I would say if that's happening to you and you're falling back into this pattern, but you're fighting yourself and you're telling yourself, this person is bad for me. I shouldn't do it. I'm going to label them as no in my phone. Label them as sure in your phone and be like, okay, yeah, you can go down that road again. And I bet if you let yourself go down the road one or two more times, it will lose its interest for you. If you just take away the aspect of you're a bad girl, don't do it. And just be like, okay, yeah, you can do it. Did that feel good? Was it worth it? It's same as if you're having like major emotions, lean into them. You know, the more you try and fight something and resist something, we as human beings, the more we want it and the stronger pull it's going to have on us. Whereas if we're just like, yeah, go ahead, have the chocolate cake, try it out, eat as much as you want, see how you feel after. Eventually, we're going to be willing to do something so we don't feel that way after anymore. So if you need to go have sex with a bad idea person and realize the sex is just sex or the sex is really good, but you still leave feeling pretty empty, eventually it will lose its hold on you. But the more you kind of deny yourself and beat yourself up every time you fall for it, the stronger the hold is going to be. So that's just a thought I have. Maybe instead of no, say sure and make it less of a big deal and less of a forbidden fruit in your mind and it might start to lose its power. 
Hello, I am so excited to be here with my guest today. I have a man in the apartment. Oh my God, what a new experience. This is very exciting for me. Okay, uh, your name is John McDonough. That's my Did name. I, that's it, said that right? Okay. I nailed it. John is a lovely person, 6'2". I am. 27, writer. All correct things. Lives here in Los Angeles. Sure do. Dates male identifying human beings. That's the general idea. That's the general idea. But, you know, we're, we're flexible here in this house. So whatever you yeah. want is what Anything you can could have. happen. Anything could happen. Um, very excited to have you here. A little backstory about me and John's very long history is John heard the podcast that his friend... Steph was on and said, I have problems, help me. And I said, who doesn't? Come on over. And that's pretty much what happened. Basically, yeah. yeah. Stephanie's probably sick of hearing me talk about my problems. Well, that's funny because the description for this podcast is when your old best friend doesn't want to listen to you anymore, I'll be your new best friend and I'll do it. I'm so excited. So here we are. Steph is officially being replaced by another redhead. I can only have redheaded friends. That's correct, because you have a little red in your beard, so like we're deep inside of you. Yeah, yeah, it's the Good. Irish in me. Yes. So you emailed me and you were like, I have a cocktail of daddy issues, which only a writer would say, by the way. And you were like, and I need help and I want to talk to you. And I was like, great. So then I asked you for like a little bit of, can you just like fill me in on your sitch? Can you send me your dating app profiles? You know, the usual so I can get a little background. And then I was looking at that, your response to that this morning. And I was like, I don't really see a lot wrong here, honestly, which hate to disappoint you. But you were like, okay, I know what my issues are. My issues are I'm into unavailable men. Welcome to the club. When's the last time you had like a, a real relationship, like a boyfriend? It was, I mean... Not that that's the only way to have a real relationship, but when's the last time you had a boyfriend? Um, the last time I dated someone long-term was the beginning of this year. And that was the guy whose dad died? It was the guy whose dad died. And his dad had just died when he met you? Yes. And then how long did you date for? About four months. Four months. And were you exclusive? I'm, we didn't talk about it, but yes. Okay. And um, how do you know that? Because we talked about how even when we're dating people before talking about being exclusive, we both tend to only date the one person. And you really liked this person. I did really like this person. And what did you like about him? Um, He was a smart, interesting human to talk to, which is Mm. always my favorite thing in a man. Um, He... I really respect people who, like, know what they want in life. Mm. And he very much knew what he wanted in life. Um, He was... Uh, at the early stage of the relationship, very good at making me feel like he wanted to be there, which was another thing that I'm a big fan of. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, it was just, it, I'm a huge nerd, and he also is a nerd, and so we were able to talk and do fun things, and it was just like a very easy, like, the friendship aspect of it yeah. was very there, which was nice. And how was the physical aspect? Um, good and then less good, uh, and I think a lot of that had to do with his own mental state sure so like it like it tapered off like you weren't having the physical part of it uh, it did taper off yeah um at first it was really strong and then it sort of there, there was a, a noticeable shift at one point in the relationship again his dad had recently died and there was I think the moment where I was like oh this just really hit him yeah. and it's oh. sort of like I felt it very strongly and the physical aspect of our relationship was one of the places I felt that yeah and how did you guys meet uh, we met on Tinder. Nice. How did it kind of 
And did he say, like, look, I can't do this because my dad? Or was he just, like, kind of pulled away and then disappeared? Or uh, There was a series of, like, escalating difficulties on my end that was just like, okay, it's getting harder to see you. Okay, I'll work with that. It's getting, you're feeling less like you're into this, but I can work with that. Like, and we were talking about it. And then it kind of got to this point where I was like, this is not working for me. I can recognize that. And you need to know that it's not working for me. So I just, I sat him down and was like, hey, this is where I'm at. I think we can work through it. But if you're not in a place emotionally to work through it, I totally understand. And in which case we need to stop seeing each other. And that's what happened. And he was like, okay, we need to stop seeing each other. He was, yes. Well, kudos to you for taking that into your own hands and not waiting for the dead horse to be more dead. You know what I mean? Like, Like, good job. Being like, even though I really like this person, I'm not feeling good about how I'm being treated in this relationship or how this relationship is. That takes a lot of strength because when we like someone, it's really hard to let it go. And we just keep convincing ourselves if we do the right thing, say the right thing, are patient enough, are kind enough, are giving enough, they'll come around and see what a great thing they have and treat us better. And really good job not doing that. Thanks. It was hard. I don't think it is a thing I would have been capable of doing even like a year ago. Have you been in therapy? What's the change? Oh, I've been in therapy. Good. That's good. I mean, it's really good to recognize. And obviously, the sooner you can get out of it, once you realize, the better. And like, we hope that every time it gets a little shorter to be like, oh, I'm not being treated well. Or this person clearly is not available for this. I need to go. So that's good. Have you talked to him since? Uh, A little bit. uh, Somewhat unhealthily probably um yeah i uh one of the things that he was struggling with while we were together is when his dad was dying he took a lot of time off work Mm -hmm. and sort of like lost his employment trajectory and uh, he also is a writer and so i was trying to help him while we were together like find that next thing and then felt bad cutting him off from that which was really probably just me wanting to remain useful in his life totally um and yeah, recently I uh, made the lovely decision of recommending him for a job in the same very small building that I work in. Uh, recently, recently? Like a month ago. Uh, he didn't get it, which is probably That's for the good. best. That's probably uh, good. For me, unfortunate yeah. for him. But um, yeah, that that was the first time I'd seen him. He came into interview and I ran into him. And how was that, seeing him? Good and bad? Um, it was weird. It was, I think in the intervening time I had built him up more in my head than yes. he was. Mm. And so it was a little bit like, oh yeah, this is who this person is, which is less than who they were in my brain, but also totally. still a person who I enjoy. So it was like a, a writing of my mental image of him. Um, and then it was weird to go from like, we're not talking that much. We're suddenly talking a lot because of this job situation. We're seeing each other. And then now we're just back to not talking. That mm-hmm. was a bit of emotional whiplash for me. Yeah. Um, which was my fault, and which is why I should not have recommended him for that job. But um, I did it. It happened. Yeah. There's no point beating yourself up. I yes. mean, I actually kind of think maybe it's good that you did it because sometimes we need that reality check because it is so easy when we break up with someone that we like to put them on a pedestal and just remember the good things. And I, 
I talk about this a lot, that like when you're going through a breakup, you're having a hard time getting over someone, it's really important to be able to focus on the negative about them. Even though like generally speaking, I'm a positive thinker person, I think for the purpose of getting over someone and because it's so easy to put them on a pedestal and think of what could have been and what your relationship could have been and remember those beautiful moments when you were laughing and having a great time you got to remember the reality of them. So I think maybe if we want to turn it around to like, instead of you made a mistake, to like you knew that you needed to see him one more time or to have him, it's like we got to hit rock, rock, rock bottom. You know, we got to really go there before we feel like it's done and we can let go of it sometimes. And like I said, the sooner that can happen, the better when it's not the right thing for us. But maybe you needed this last encounter. I think I did. I think it definitely feels that way. Like after this whole instance, I feel more done with the relationship than I did even when it ended four months ago. That's great. Is good. Um, yeah, it it was it was writing in that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was not fun wasn't fun but that's okay because it probably wasn't fun to torture yourself about him and wonder what could have been and wait for him to change his mind and come back to you or whatever for a while so if this is what you needed like generally speaking I wouldn't encourage people who are trying to get over someone to keep them in their life and try to help them and find ways to see them normally I'd be like cold turkey go but like if you really can't let it go and you're having this inflated idea of them Maybe you need to just go there. It's kind of like how, you know, I also say if you're having these feelings and you keep running away from them, running away, they're going to keep catching up to you. Sometimes you just got to lean into the thing you're running away from. Yeah. I, um, I, speaking of cocktail of daddy issues, Mm. one of those issues is an abandonment complex. And, uh, I think I definitely put a lot of that onto this situation, um, when we broke up, I knew that the conversation was probably going to go, I can't give you what you want right now, but but you went for it I anyway. It to go, let me change and be better and it'll work. And so it felt very like, it's easy to fall into the hole of like, why wasn't I good enough for him to work through it with? Why all these other things that really aren't true yeah. and aren't honest to myself. Yeah, but, have uh, nothing to do with you. And then it made me feel the need to sort of prove for a long time that like, you made the wrong choice. I was worth that. And that wasn't a good headspace to be in, especially with someone who wasn't making himself available for me to be proving that. Mm -hmm. Would you say outside of the distance that came when his dad died and he was dealing with it, otherwise, were there good things or bad things or... Otherwise, it was pretty good. Um, I think if we had met at a different time, we would have probably been a pretty good couple at least for some amount of time mm-hmm. um what is life we don't know what's real but um my head says that that's real um but I met him at this time and that's the reality of yeah. what happened now not to give you false hope or anything but I mean it's not crazy like I do have a friend who was dating a guy and like six months in or something, his dad died. And he was like, I can't do that. He kind of pulled away, disappeared. They didn't speak for like six months. And then they reconnected and now they're married and have two kids. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I am saying like with her, it wasn't like he couldn't process it with her because it wasn't, it was partially because it was very early in their relationship and he didn't want her to see him like that. And he didn't know what to do with his like mourning and his feelings. And he was like the thought of having to also figure out what to do with these feelings around another person 
And he really kind of had to isolate himself and deal with things. And then they found each other again. Now, it sounds like based on when you saw this guy and you realized, oh, maybe it's, maybe he's a human being and it's not this ideal thing. Like it does, it sounds like it's probably not the thing anyway for you. I don't know. I mean, when I, when I first broke up with him, I feel like I closed the door, but then I like stood there by the closed door Aww. waiting for him to open it again. <laughs> what a um, being image. like, why don't you just heal and then you can come and it'll be great. And like, I think I've gotten to a place where I've sort of walked away from the door finally, mm. but I don't want to lock it yet. Yes. Well, I think, and she, I remember cause I was her roommate at the time. She tried, she tried to move on. She dated other people. She, she, there was no part of her that was like, we're going to get back together because also he didn't treat her very well at the end. And she was like, fuck this. I deserve better. I'm moving on. That was an excuse. Like it's a real excuse, but it's still an excuse. And she really, there was no, like, maybe she wasn't standing by the door. You know, she was, door was closed. She was gone. And then he came back around and it, and it took him a little while to like get back in with her. Yeah, I feel like that's the only way it would ever happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be at a place now where I'm not sort of waiting for it. Totally. It's there maybe one day, maybe yeah. not, and I should move on with my life. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like both from sitting with you now and your email, I feel like you're very self-aware. Like I feel like half the battle is knowing what your issues are and you have that knowledge. Like from therapy or whatever it is, being a self-aware person, it seems like you've, you're aware of these things. That doesn't necessarily mean you don't do them anymore, yes. but the first step is like knowing what you're doing. Yeah, I feel like I am a person who is like hyper aware of my trauma and the mistakes I make because of that trauma, but I'm really bad at not doing that. Mm. Like I know why I'm doing what mm -hmm. I'm doing. I know what it is I'm doing, but that doesn't stop me from doing it in a way that is sometimes frustrating. Could you name what you do? What is Sure. That? I mean, the whole, even deciding that I wanted to pursue this relationship with someone who was very upfront at the beginning that his dad just died was like classic me in that I love to fix people. I love people who make me work for it because I didn't get a lot of great affection from any of my various parents. Like affection wasn't easy to come by for lots of various not nefarious reasons, but like was the reality of my life. So I, I fall back into that pattern. So I look for people who I know will make me work to get validation in that mm -hmm, way. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if it is too easy, I lose interest, which is not good. Not mm -hmm. a good way to set myself up. Um, I also do struggle a lot to let go of things because, like I said, I have an abandonment complex. So, like, once some, even if it's my choice, it still feels like, oh, but wait, um, now this thing is gone and that makes me uncomfortable. Right. Um, those are the big ones, <laughs> which they're big. They're big, but they're not crazy yeah. and they're not super unusual i mean we do all have certain problems with the way that we love the way we expect to be loved a lot obviously coming from our childhood and what our parents did that's like very basic psychology knowledge yes, that the we human all experience yes um so i think being aware of it is good i almost want to say the sense i got I almost think like you own it too much. I'm on this kick lately of like being kind of anti um, naming all of these dating things like, oh, I got ghosted. Oh, I did this. And removing the kind of names and 
syndromes that we've assigned to everything in a way of like not creating these very uh, recognizable stories for ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, not that I'm the smartest and greatest person, but I remember when I was single and dating a lot, I didn't like name what was happening to me all the time. You know, I was more just like, that didn't work out. Like that guy didn't like me or I liked him more than he liked me or whatever. There's something, I really believe there's something about all the like naming and clearly categorizing everything that is making us as a society kind of lean into it yeah, and almost enjoy it and almost like embrace it because it's a way that we connect with each other. And then we can kind of go on our Instagram story or whatever and be like, got ghosted again. Or like my daddy issues are rearing their ugly head, you know, or whatever. And it's fun, but I'm not sure how productive it is for actually getting into romantic relationships. Because yes. I think, especially for someone who's like a writer, an artist, those stories are very appealing. And like those kind of ways of telling your story are very appealing. And being able to explain it to someone else in this beautiful way is very appealing. But I'm not sure. I think it kind of takes us out of like just having the experience and moving on to the next one. Yeah, I mean, it's also like very safe to have the pattern. Totally. Because like, then I know how it's all going to go. And right. I don't have to. And you can be like, I'm doing it again. Yes. Hooray. <laughs> Great. Oh, this is happening again. And it feels sucky and I don't want it to be happening. But then it's like, but I know what this is. This is comforting. This is right. familiar. I recognize it. Yeah. Um, I was listening to this like lecture about love this morning. Love that. And uh, it's this guy. It's like the school of life philosophy guy. He's very smart. But he was saying, like, basically the best thing for us to do when we go on a first date would be to be like, what kind of crazy are you? And then just, like, lay it out on the table because there's literally no one who doesn't have craziness and neuroses and things that they got from their parents. And there's no one. We're humans. And so rather than trying to pretend to be something and then slowly having to figure that out over time, he was like, what if we just on the first date, laid it out. And generally on the first date, I'm like, keep it light, keep it fun. But now I'm starting to be like, maybe we should just like put it out there and it almost like could take the power away from it. You know yeah. what I mean? If we like already know, like this is what I'm going to do. I'm I'm putting it out there. Yes, I'm naming it, but I'm like removing its power by not keeping it as this thing of like, don't do that again, John. Like, don't do it. You're just like, yeah, I'm probably going to do this. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's a way to do that badly. Definitely. <laughs> that it becomes like, I'm saying this to you because I want you to run. Like, Right, right, uh, right. But I think if it was more like, maybe it's not a first date conversation, but maybe like a second or third date conversation where it's like, hey, if I start doing these things, call me out on them. Because I know I do them. I'm trying not to do them anymore. I'm not excusing myself. But like, this is who I am. I think I can get through it to the other side. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just wondering if that's possible. I think it is possible. Have you ever been in a long relationship? Uh, four months is my record. Your There's record. been a couple of those, but. I sense that. Um, what I want to say is you have this thing about like easy versus hard. You have this thing about like if it's too easy, I lose interest. Yes. And if it's 
hard or if they leave, even if it was my choice, I, I'm more interested. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that something you might want to take into consideration is when you're in a relationship for longer than four months, even if it was easy to begin with, relationships get hard. Sure. And like that person, even if they are a puppy dog and they worship you at the beginning, as you two become human beings, they'll see things wrong with you and you will have to fight for their love and attention guaranteed if you're with someone for a long time. So like, don't worry. All of your abandonment issues and need to fight for someone will still get met if you stick with it a little longer. And I think it's easy to be like, this is too easy. I'm bored. And I'm just here from an almost two-year relationship to tell you, don't worry. Like, it won't always be easy. You know what I mean? Like, your, your issues have plenty of room to blossom in a relationship, they don't just have to cut it off at the four month mark. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, it's scary. Like that's, yes. I think the thing that like I have, when you're talking about, I own my issues too much. There's like the issues that are easy to own. And then mm-hmm. there's the issues that I don't want anyone to touch. Okay. And so I think that like, I like something that plays off of like my abandonment or like my dad was shitty to me or like all those things because those like, Daddy issues, like you said, it's so recognizable. It's so universal. I know what this is and I'm not going to judge you for it. Um, But it sort of lets me play that out as opposed to like deeper, more difficult things that I'm more afraid of or more suppressing and not wanting to do with myself. Like if it's getting to a point in a relationship where it is getting hard in that real way, I feel like it's more that stuff Mm -hmm. and I'm afraid of that. Mm -hmm. Can you name that stuff at all? Um... I mean, I hit the, there's, there's like the inferiority stuff. There's mm. the like, I'm not, not deserving. good enough. Like, yeah, like yeah. if this is good, like I don't deserve good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like, although, I mean, I grew up in Alabama and I am gay and that is like a cocktail of like, love is not a thing I deserve and any positive romantic affection I have is like bad. Um, it was just in the culture, um, even if it wasn't necessarily coming from my family and and so I think that's in there somewhere that like this is wrong there's like a wrongness that it feels to me which is not fair to myself and really painful to engage with um those are I think some of the big ones yeah that makes sense when did you come out uh I was pretty young when I came out I came out early on in high school and how was the response um I mean, it was like, I came out in waves. So there was like the coming out to my peers and the coming out to my family. I like never really had like a come out moment with mm-hmm. my family where it was like, hi, everyone, I'm gay. I just right. sort of like started living my life and they were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty like flamboyant. I'm, I don't think it's like hard to figure it out. So it wasn't a surprise to anyone. At school, it was interesting because it was like the aughts and it was this time of like, we understand that this is a thing that's going to exist now, but mm-hmm. like we're also religious and so it's like I'm 6'2 as you mentioned you're not going to gay bash me I am probably meaner than you and probably (laughs) bigger but um it there was this like distance that was put between me and all of my peers and this from the best meeting people this desire to fix me that I didn't want to be fixed I just wanted to be liked because it was high school and everyone does and also as adults everyone does so I felt this huge distance between me and anyone. And I knew that there was a way that what was this initial like distancing and um, effort to fix could become 
more hurtful and more hateful. And so I preemptively struck back and mm. became really mean. Really? Yeah. I can't um, picture you being mean. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Lots of people can. Um, so, so I was like a bit of a bully to people around me, mm. including like my friends. I don't think I was a very good friend to people in high school because I didn't feel good about myself. And I knew like, I just wanted to keep people away from me mm-hmm. because I didn't want anyone to be able to hurt me. Yeah. Um, and then in college, I also went to school in Alabama, but it was like a college environment. And I kind of got there and was like, I don't have to keep hating myself. So let me right. like try to figure out how to stop doing that. So there was a bit of a journey to figuring out how to be comfortable and to engage with people in that way. But um, it got better there. And then moving out to LA, it's nice to live in a place where there's a lot of gay people and people, you can assume that someone's cool with it as opposed right. to the opposite. Right. Um, which has kind of allowed me, I, I think it was really only when I moved out here that I f- started feeling fully comfortable in it, um, which was six years ago. So it's a, it's a journey. Do you think any of your, and maybe not, but do you think any of your feeling like you don't deserve happiness or love or whatever also comes from like, even though it was deserved that you were mean at a certain point, that you were kind of a bully. Cause I know I sometimes am like, I don't deserve happiness. Like I'm not a good person. And it's like, you know, I feel like I should be punished for the times I haven't been a good person or knowing that like, you know, I'm not like the sweetest muffin to everyone alive. I don't know. I'm just wondering if it's like on top of the, I don't deserve love because I'm gay and that's wrong. There's also like, and I was a big asshole for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's there. That's certainly there. (laughs) Um, Guilt is real. I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So what is a typical date? What does it look like? What does your dating life look like right Um, now? Like since the breakup? Yeah. For a while, I wasn't really interested. Um, And then I was like, okay, I need to get back out there. Um, so I've been on a few dates recently, um, all first dates. Uh, it's typically like real boring, going to a bar. I really like ice cream just like a human person, uh-huh. which has been very difficult as dairy becomes more challenging. Mm. But um, There's lots of good non-dairy ice cream places in yeah, LA, I gotta yeah. say. Love this city. Um, <laughs> so, so a lot of my like classic date now is like have a drink, go eat ice cream, mostly because I Cute. like both drinking and eating ice cream. Yeah. Um, and I think if someone can watch me eat an ice cream cone and still want to date me, that's like a good sign. Yeah, totally. Um, and I don't believe in eating ice cream in, um, bowls and that's just something we can discuss later. Um, yeah. So that's sort of my, my typical move lately. Mm -hmm. Um, it's Are you usually the asker outer, the aggressor? I am always the aggressor. Interesting. in a way that is starting to become a little exhausting. Really? Uh, yes. I, I just don't. Especially if it's someone I'm meeting online, I don't like wasting time. I agree with you. Um, so I'm just going to do it. Good. Um, and for a while, it was something I, I always reach out first. I always am the one to be like, let's grab a drink because I just don't, I'm not patient um, in that way. But it's starting now to feel like, why is this always the case? Hmm. Like, it's, I think it's starting to feed into some of these things we're talking about. about yeah. Like, I don't deserve this. So like, if I don't work for it I'm not going to get it and it was also a big thing in my last relationship that it got to a point where if I didn't try to initiate plans I didn't see him right and that's like fine for a little bit and then after four months you're like what the fuck mm-hmm. um so that's like very in in my list of things that I currently find exhausting about dating that is one of them sure that I feel like it, you're I always, always doing all the work yeah now I will say 
uh, generally speaking, I'm fine with whoever doing the work to get to the first date because dating apps are such a weird world right. and so many people will just kind of wait and wait and there, I believe there's no point in like wasting time on them. So I'm always like, whoever needs to get to the first date, get to the first date. Then if you don't want to be the person doing all the work, take a step back. But like for the first one, two, maybe even three dates, it's okay to be the initiator. Does not mean you're going to be the initiator forever. But sometimes the person just has to know how amazing you are before they're going to step up and do something about it. Sure. What do you ultimately want? Like what's your goal? Like monogamy, non-monogamy, marriage, kids? Like what are we... um, Short term, just like monogamy would be great. Um, I feel like I'm in a really good place to be dating someone seriously right now, Mm -hmm. which is a nice feeling to have after the ups and downs of being a writer in Los Angeles. Um, But like, it feels like this is a good time both in that way and emotionally. Like, Mm. I feel like I'd really like to settle into that. I also know that like four months is my record and I'm not thinking that the next person I date seriously is the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with and don't want to put that kind of pressure on myself. Down the line, I think marriage is, I would love that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know when that point is. My interest in having kids has waned over the years, mm. which is, I think, the millennial experience. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, definitely the ultimate goal is like partnership in that way. Yeah. And this might be a stupid question, but do you ultimately, because I do believe that in every relationship there's a masculine energy and a feminine energy and they can switch back and forth, like the roles can change, but generally speaking, one of the people is more or wants to be more of one than the other. Do you have a preference? It changes. And I think the interesting thing about same-sex relationships is I agree with you, but I think that in heterosexual relationships, there's a a way that those things tend to be more bifurcated where there seems to be like layers of it Mm. too. So I think that I am a more emotional partner typically, which feels more feminine, Mm -hmm. but I'm also, like I said, typically the the, uh, initiator, which feels more masculine. But you don't want to be. I mean, I would like to not always have to be. Because I mean, when I work with women who are very like, you know, career oriented, strong, aggressive in their jobs, they don't want to be that in their relationship a lot of times. I'm probably very that. <laughs> like I am a hyper ambitious person. I care a lot about work. And so it'd be nice to not have to put to the same hustle in into relationship. relationships. Yeah, makes sense. So that's on you, obviously. Um, because people, as I say, will not step up unless someone makes them. So if you're there doing all the work, they have no reason to do anything different, to step up. Again, I think it's fine to get to the first date that way because it's just like someone has to do it, but then after that you want to take a step back. So what's been happening? So you've been on a bunch of first dates lately. Why haven't they led to second dates? Um, I think that there is a very innocuous explanation for the fact that I just haven't really been clicking with the people I've been dating with, which I think is fine. Like I don't, you're not going to click with everyone. That's sort of the idea. It is a numbers game. But I also really don't trust myself right now. Interesting. Um, but you just said you're in such a great place for a relationship. It, I tr- I trust that. I don't trust my ability to pick the right person to go down that line with. For all the reasons we said, like, I am so aware now, and I think this gets to the, like, am I owning the story too much, um, yeah. that I pick these people who aren't available, that I'm worried that if I go on a date with someone and I like them, that's a bad sign, mm. which is not... 
a good place to put myself. Um, so I just like, I'll come off of dates and be like, yeah, I don't want to see that person again. I'll be like, but like, why not? And then I start Ooh. really thinking about why that is. And if that's a real thing and if I'm overthinking it, um, and yeah, so that's where I, and then I kind of get stuck and don't know exactly how to play it. And then just kind of hope that they'll make a decision for me. And if they ask me out again, maybe I'll say yes, but then they haven't been. And that's life. Yeah. I think you might want to push on the we don't click thing a bit because you're not the only one with your story, right? Right. You're not the only one who is kind of waiting, like, is kind of like, I know what I like, but if I don't, if I like it, I don't really trust it. The person you're not clicking with could be on the same page as you in that way, kind of. So they're not going to reach out to you for a second date, right? Right. And you're not going to reach out. But then maybe you would have been a great fit. You're just not used to what each other are. And it goes back to kind of the daddy issues thing, this lecture I was listening to, too. He's like, when people are going on their instinct in terms of picking someone that they want to date... They're generally replicating the love they got as a child. It feels familiar to them. That doesn't mean it's right. So the love that's right for them might feel unfamiliar and they're like, no, no, I don't want to be loved in this way or I don't like the way this feels. This isn't familiar to me. So what people think is like, oh, we're clicking. Oh, my instinct. Oh, it just works is often... I just recognize being treated this way and it feels very familiar to me, which is comforting and safe, even if the love itself isn't comforting and safe. Yep. <laughs> that, that feels so true. <laughs> so I think you're having the right thought of like, oh, if I like them, that's probably not a good thing. I think you can loosen your grip on that a little bit because I do think you can also start to trust yourself. Like if you're going to sit here and say, I'm ready to date, I'm in a great place. Oh, except for this huge piece, which is I don't trust myself to pick someone. Is that a big deal? That's a big deal. (laughs) And you need to let go of that. You know, you just have to be like, okay, if I'm going to say I'm in a good place, I'm going to let myself be in a good place and I'm going to trust myself. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm going to push on the we don't click because I don't know if you've listened to this podcast a lot, but I'm very big on like three dates unless the person does something repulsive or offensive or horrible, especially if you are trying to kind of rewire your brain in terms of who you're picking and you're trying to like fix your picker a little bit. I think that's the place where it's not going to feel exciting for a second. It's not going to feel great. It's not going to feel like sweep me off my feet. I'm in love. It's going to feel like, like I'm doing something good for me. Like I'm eating chicken breast instead of Taco Bell. You know what I mean? Like it it feels kind of not great, but I really do think it has to be a conscious decision. I don't think it necessarily just happens overnight that all of a sudden you're like mature and evolved Uh and like know how to pick people. It it is like a, a physical like forcing of changing your own habits. Yes. So I would say if you go out with someone and you don't click... But you're like, but they're nice, and they seem nice. Ask them out again. Okay. <laughs> I know it doesn't sound fun. And I know you're also probably like, well, why don't they ask me out again? Well, they might be doing the same thing as you. So right. someone has to. And again, I say like after two, three dates, if you're sick of initiating, then you can stop. You can also say to them, hey, I've initiated the last couple dates. I'm going to wait for you to do it this time. Yes. 
you know, and kind of tell them what you need. Two or three feels very doable. Right. Yay. That's good. You know, especially if it just means you're getting a drink and having ice cream. Like, yeah, just an excuse to Who doesn't want to do that more? Yeah, I have you a know? lot of non-dairy ice cream to explore. There's some really great ones. You tell me where you live. I'll tell the, I'll tell you where all the good ones are. Great. Because I'm a big fan. Love that. Yeah, I can't do ice cream myself. Um, So I think you need to, yeah, I would just push on your narrative and I would... Let go of the not trusting yourself as much as possible. Also, like, how often do you go after dates? I feel like you're one of those people who's probably like, I'm going to do it. And then you're probably like, oh, I'm over this. I'm Um, not going to do it. Well, I tend to, like, go in fits and starts. I've been pretty regularly dating lately, like, a date or two a week for the past few weeks. Which, what always happens is, like... I'll get to the swiping. I'll be like, cool, I asked the person out. And then, like, the second we've made plans, I'm like, oh, my God, now I have to go on yeah. this date. Um, but I do it. I don't cancel. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because I don't want to be a asshole. Um, but, yeah, so it's it's been better lately. It's just, like, getting that, like, all right, I want to do this. Like, this is not going to be... I don't know, there's like a, a deep dread, I guess, as I'm seeing her describing to you. Dread's the wrong word, because it's not like scary. It's just the like, oh, I have to do this. Of it well, all. and I wonder if it's also a little carryover from your past experiences of like, not just dreading the date itself, but also being like, yeah, and then if I do like them or it does go somewhere, like I'm in for a world of pain again. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's going to end after four months or I'm going to be disappointed or... Because you haven't had great experiences, but that's true of everyone until they get into a good relationship, you know? So I think it's a little bit cleansing your palate and not being like, this is just going to lead to more disappointment, but like, this is what I have to do to get to the place where I want to be. Right. I was talking about this a couple episodes ago about diversifying your portfolio. And I think it's a good way to think of it too when you're trying to change your typical type or your typical instinctual reaction to another person is wanting to make sure that you have one of like five different types of people in your dating portfolio Hmm. that you're dating. So it's like, I have one that's my typical type. Now I need one that's the opposite of my type. Or like, now I need one who likes me more than I like him. Or now I need one who's like nerdier than me. Or just like picking random things. So rather than thinking of each date as a means to an end or something really important within itself, but rather being like, this is just going to be one of like five people I'm exploring, which I know sounds like a lot, but I think you might be a person who would benefit from like having a few things going on at once. So you're not kind of like obsessively telling your story with one. Yeah. That it sounds actually really relaxing in a yes, way. Like yes. Not caring that much about five things seems easier than caring a lot about one thing. Right. Exactly. And, and, and not allowing yourself to get too invested in one person. Obviously you're still going to because you're a human being. And if you like someone, you're going to be excited more about them than about the other person. Mm-hmm. But the crucial part where you can, in a, in a way, prevent what's happened to you before is letting it go on more dates like casually before making the decision of like, I really like this person, which can kind of naturally happen if you make them the only person. But if you're like, yeah, yeah, I like them. I like them, but we're not allowed to do that. I still have to go on a date with this other guy and I'm going to go on more dates with him, even if I don't feel a click with him, like just kind of keeping it so that you're not allowed to put too much of your attention on one story. Right. What I'm looking for now is to go on one date with someone who I am, 
like all about instantly, right, which sure. never, never ends well. And if it, and yeah, I would say it, run the other direction if you feel that. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and the idea of going on several dates with people, who, yeah, just who I enjoy spending yeah. an hour with, or like but, who you can get. You're like I. I don't know. I had this girl who she's in a relationship now, but she used to see what she could get out of each person. Like, even if she wasn't into them, it was like, oh, he like is a construction worker. Like he can hang some things in my house for me or like, you know, like, (laughs) like, because especially because you're very young, you're 27. We're not in any kind of like rush to get to the finish line. And I think it may be true that your next few relationships end at four months or end at two years or aren't your lifelong partner for life forever person. But what you're trying to do right now is kind of reshape who you're attracted to, who you'll give a chance to, and like what your story is. Yes. So I think to do that, it's not going to happen on one person, you know? And I think there's a danger when you're like, I'm ready to date now. I figured out how to be healthy or whatever, which is great. But then you're going to put all that pressure on the next person you like. Like, I'm going to do it right this time. And it's like, if you can just hold off on that a little bit mm-hmm. and like commit yourself to trying all different types of people and seeing if you can challenge your own, like what you're into right away instinct. Yes. I think it would be fun for you too, because you're a writer. Like you'll get a kick out of it. Yeah. You'll meet all different kinds of people. I mean, it sounds fun. I'm glad. Yeah. Some people would be like, that sounds horrifying. Um, I would say like, how liberally do you swipe right now? Um, not as liberally as I maybe should. You should. Um, yeah, because I think I'm doing a thing too where like I have, in addition to like the type I always go for, the like, if I just go for like this man, if I make these tweaks to mm-hmm. who this person is, mm-hmm. like that's going to keep me from falling into the same hole. Like that's the kind of person who's going to be like there, mm-hmm. um, which is not something you can tell from looking at someone's profile not for five all. seconds. No. Um, I also am like the type of person who... If, I, if I'm like, okay, okay, I don't know, I don't know, I'm going to swipe right on this person, then I match, I, like, close the app for a day. Like, don't say anything, because I'm just like, oh. You're um, like, I don't know, I can't do with this new um, thing. Um, I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to take it less seriously. Yeah, I think rather than saying I'm trying to be better, you should say I'm trying to take it less seriously. Or I'm trying to have more fun. Or yes. I'm trying to meet different kinds of people than I normally end up with. Yeah. Meeting. Um. I think you should... What's Chappie? You said you're on... Chappie is like a gay specific. There's like a division between like there's different categories of like what you're looking for as Mm, far as like people who are there to like more just have a good time right. as opposed to like looking for so something So it's more about like be, physical type kind uh, of thing. No, all, you can divide it. It's 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 more bifurcated. You Got can it. take the take the pool of people who are looking for the type of connection you're looking Ooh, for. Oh, I see. Um and what do you put on those things? What type of connection are you looking for? I think right now it is on the very vague all dates section, which is not That's fine. Vague. I'm open to vague. I like vague. Um I think you should start swiping yes on like four out of five people and then just what's your opener what's your usual convo starter um it depends on if i think they have a sense of humor um in the in in the written medium that was the douchiest way to say that (laughs) sentence um but like if i get a sense in their profile that if i tell a joke as an opener they're going to respond to that then i'll take the time to say something funny um which is usually about, I don't know, some interest or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to waste too much time on it, though. But if they are, like if their profile is very, like, 
vague and bland, then I usually just a, hey, how's it going? <laughs> like, I don't know if I agree with that method. Great. Love that. I think, Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I think you should. Well, I have mixed feelings about it. Part of me thinks you're spending too much time coming up with a joke for every person you think would appreciate a joke. I know you're a funny person and you're a writer, so it probably doesn't take you that much time. But in the interest of getting you on more dates and more people and getting less exhausted, I would say if there's like more of a general opener you can use for everyone yeah that might be good um and i also just wouldn't judge by someone's profile if they can take a joke or not like some people are very funny in real life and on the phone or the app or whatever they're like i'm not gonna waste time with this like here's a couple pictures here i am what is your like ideal type of vague opener well i used to always say nice face exclamation point people loved it i think a a general compliment is good my guest from a few weeks ago would say i like your haircut which is a funny thing that's funny that's good it's like things like clearly i could say this to everyone but does it make you like laugh a little or like smile a little and they'll generally respond to it you know rather than combing through and because chances are whatever you're responding to about their profile is what everyone responds to about their profile right so even though it makes you stand out it's not as strong as you think it is. Yeah, whenever you know I'm I mean? on the other side of that, like, yeah. oh, you pulled that detail exactly. from my profile. Like, like cool, another one, great. Like, oh, I have to talk about this again. Wish I never put it on my profile. Yes. Kind of thing. So I think if you can, and it'll also give you less of a earnest guy who will do the work vibe, cool. which is what you're trying to get away from, yeah. right? So I think if it's more like, I don't give a fuck, what are you doing? Like channel my Samantha. That's yeah, exactly. Channel like your your player and you're like directing the situation, but then making them do the work kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So I think you should change that technique a little bit. I would come Love up that. with something that you can just spew across the board at everyone and not alter it according to what you think they would want from their profile. Cool. In terms of your pictures can you put a few more full bodies yeah if i like take a picture of myself yeah but yes I or guess. like some like there are a lot of your face yeah. and you have a very cute face thank you but when it's just your face it appears as if you're hiding something yeah and i don't think you're hiding something no no it's like you have a real cute face and it looks cute in all these different positions but it's like Whenever you see a profile that's like all close-up faces, you're like, what's going on? Yeah, hiding my lizard yes. tail. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I would just try next time you're like out and about, like do something stupid and fun. It doesn't have to be like a hot posing picture. But right. you know, just try and find more of you in like you in action. Yeah. Or you in a context. Or even you with friends. You know, it's like just giving you more of a spot in the world than like I hold the phone close to my face and take a picture. Yes. Great. Um, And then, not shockingly, you had a fair amount about your issues on your profile. Like one was like, yeah, if you have a good relationship with your dad, we probably won't get along or something like that. It's true, but maybe I should take that. I mean, the the good thing about your profiles is you're very funny. Yeah. And that comes across immediately. But you're very funny in a very specifically self-deprecating, self-aware. Um, I'm deep in my therapy thoughts way. Not cute. <laughs> it is cute. And it will attract a certain guy who can relate to that. Yes. And is like, oh, me too. Or like, this guy's funny in the same way I'm funny. But we're, we're trying to maybe get you on some dates with people who 
aren't like that because you're like that. You don't need more of that. (laughs) You know, you've got plenty of that. So I wonder if you could challenge yourself to use that same sense of humor that you have Mm -hmm. to talk about something else. Probably. I think there's other things about you then that you have daddy issues. Yeah. I think we've covered that. Yeah. And I don't doubt that it will still come out as a joke out of your mouth. (laughs) And that it will be there. So we don't need to like gild the lily. You know, we don't need to like keep pushing on this one aspect of you. Also, the fact that, you know, I, I do believe the things that we say and that we put out there do something yes especially to ourselves if we're reinforcing the same story over and over again Mm -hmm. so the fact that your profile is like daddy issues and you're and you know it's just it's everywhere right now and it's like let's change it yes that's so I, smart. <laughs> so I don't know what uh, you would want to replace it with. I love this. I'm neurotic as hell, but I'm funny and 6'2 and a good kisser and work out. So we'll see how this goes. I mean, that that's better. great. I mean, I can just switch the other one. Yeah, I would that. say the daddy issues one could be daddy that. Because I mean, when I hear 6'2, good kisser, workout. The workout thing I find a little misleading just because like. I'm not like jacked. I am fit. It, you're tall and slim. Yeah. I mean, if we want to talk about my problems with gay culture that led to that right. existence, totally, we totally. can. No, which I get that. I am also trying to buy into less. So right, I I exactly. Think it's a so carryover from another time. I'm not sure it needs to be there because that's the thing. It's like whereas I wouldn't, I don't care if someone. I'd rather get you away from people who can relate to the daddy issues thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Again, I feel like it's reinforcing this idea of like how you have to present yourself. Yes. And I don't think you do. I mean, it's clear from your pictures that you're slim, you're in good shape, you're 6'2", you're yeah. cute. You smell good. You should put this on the thing because I've been smelling smell you this whole time. I'll you just smell great. replace workout with smell good. I'm a good kisser and smell good. Yeah, hell yeah. 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 And I'll just open with how do you smell? Yes. Oh my God. See? That's so good. Great. I love it. <gasps> That's hot. How do you I do like that. I love that. It's also like a little weird. It's also weird. Well, it's it's like, because there's a way to be like, I'm weird neurotic without being like, I'm weird neurotic. Yeah. You know, which the other thing I was going to say is I'm neurotic as hell is like, okay, as things go, it's a little almost generic mm-hmm. pop psychology. You know, it's almost like, yeah, we're all neurotic. Like we know, you know, yeah. and it, like I said, it's going to come out in all the other things anyway. Totally. So I wonder if there's something more specific you could say. Like, I- I'd like you to put something here about like non-dairy ice cream or your favorite drink or something yeah. that is still going to say probably I'm quirky and a little neurotic, but without naming your psychological issues the non-dairy ice cream i like that i feel like that feels very or like your opener could also be like tell me your favorite non-dairy ice cream place or what you know it's like leaning into the weirdness yes Yes. um also instead of how do you smell you could just be like you look like you smell good too oh not yes combative Yes. I love this note session. That's very Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Or you could even message them, you smell good, which is hilarious. That is good because I can't. Oh, <laughs> I like it. But like, I think, you know, I think you got to, I think these have probably been here for a while. Yes. That you have. I want to see if we can attract like different kinds of people. Yeah. That are still going to be drawn to something. And again, like your neuroses and quirkiness and funniness is going to come out in everything you do no matter what. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to like 
name the exact thing. Yeah. It's all about show, don't tell. You know what I mean? I do know. As a writer. Yeah. Uh, does that speak to you? Should I just put as a writer, comma, and describe <laughs> yes. myself? Yes. No, never. Um, is this helpful? It's very helpful. I'm so glad. This is like my favorite kind of feedback. Yay! Specific, actionable. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, like I said, your pictures, I just feel like, ooh, these are hot. I, I like, mm, Yeah. I mean, they're all, your face is so good. So you could like switch out your face from time to time, but maybe like two, three face pictures instead of right now you have five face pictures. Yeah. And one of those comic strippy picture thingies. Yeah. I'd say two or three pictures and then a couple like full body, but like with friends or doing something or like this is me leaning on a bar, eating an ice cream cone. Yeah. Just to also because it gives like a better sense of who you are because you have like a very specific posture and way of being. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So your assignments are change all this. Great. Happy to take a look. Swipe way more liberally. Uh, Okay. And I want you to pick your opener and just copy and paste to every single person. Don't look any further into their profile to see if this opener works for them. What's it going to do? Do I really like them? Should I even bother? Just Copy and paste. Great. And so you just you're just gonna make your pool much bigger. And then once the conversation starts, again, I'm fine with you taking the initiative to get to the first date. I'd rather do it than have yes. it never happen. Do it and don't let it affect your perception of this person. Yeah. Just be like, that's just what I'm gonna do. That's my MO. That's the thing I'm willing to do. And then once you're on the date, even if you don't feel the click, I want you to go on. Minimum two, but hopefully three dates with the person. And then if they're still not initiating, you can be like, I'm going to let you initiate from here on out. Great. And I want you to work on actively diversifying your portfolio and having three, four, five things going at once. Okay. And like filling like, okay, what's my portfolio this week? What haven't I tried yet? Yeah. I haven't tried someone who works at a bank. Like I'm going to find that. Or I haven't tried, you know, I want you to feel like by the time you get to your next relationship that you have really tasted the rainbow and really tried a bunch of different things. Yeah. And you haven't had to like focus on one of them yet. That'll happen naturally and that's okay. And like, there's no need to beat yourself up or be like, I'm doing it again. Right. But like, just really try to give different people a real chance. You can do this. I think you can do this. I think it's going to be fun for you because I do think you're in a good place to do it and you just need to get away from the story of like, I don't know how to pick people and I don't trust myself into like, we're not doing that right now. We're just having fun and tasting the rainbow. It's so much less pressure. Yes. Take the pressure off. You're not in a rush. No. You know, we want to do it better this time. I didn't say we want to do it right. We want to do it better. And you probably will have a few more mishaps. We all do. Also, you're 27, so like really nothing even matters. Like nothing ever really matters, but especially right now, like you're in the perfect place of just like exploring and fucking it up a few more times. Yeah, I'm really looking for like two years followed by explosive dramatic breakup. Yes! That sounds great. Yeah. I love that. You can totally get that. Yeah. And if you're seeking that, then when it happens, you don't have to like beat yourself up. You can just be like, I did it. <laughs> Here's my explosive dramatic Goal breakup. Goal accomplished. Now I can be in a healthy relationship. Because I also believe like you can't really be in a healthy relationship till you've experienced the other side. Yeah. So you can appreciate your healthy relationship. Yeah. 
And I just want to remind you one more time that like, don't worry, even if something seems easy, all of your issues will arise again. Can't wait. (laughs) It's great. And I want to say like third or fourth date, that's fine if you want to be like, so let's, let's get real. Let's talk about our crazies. Let's just lay them out there. Let's just talk about them. Yeah. And that's fine. I love that. That would be great. Do you have any more questions? No, I'm actually very excited about all this. I am. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. I'm excited for you. I think you're going to have fun. And I also feel like I'm bestowing a gift upon the world by releasing you out into the wild. Oh, that's so sweet. It's true. Because you smell so good. Thank you. And I feel like you need to be going on more dates. Also, I can think of like five guys I want to set you up with. So I'm here. Can I do it? I have to swipe right on these guys. That hesitation. No, yeah, I will. You should. Yeah. Because we're diversifying. Diversifying. The correct answer was yes, I date everyone. I date everyone. Yes, I do date actors. Yes. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, we'll promote you on our Single Crush Saturday. Cool. I'm sure we'll get some responses. Your Instagram is? JX McDonough, which is M-C-D-O-N-O-U-G-H. Is there anything else you want to promote or say? You have a Twitter, which is? John X McDonough? Yeah, John with an H. Um, I don't know. Find me there and watch Why the Last Man when it comes out. Oh, yeah. You work on Why the Last Man, which is a show that is coming out at FX. Yes. Next year. And you are talented, handsome, smell good, 6'2", and willing to taste the rainbow. Yeah. This has been great. Thank you so much for volunteering. Thank you so much for having (laughs) me. This was so fun. Yay. Bye, John. Bye. Just the tip, a dating tip. I really like this idea of just addressing our craziness with the person, maybe not on the first date, but pretty early in, just to put it on the table. You know, obviously you don't have to be like, here's my whole history of all my bad relationships. But you're like, hey, here's some things that I do that I already noticed myself doing, or here's what I typically do and I'm going to try not to do it this time. Yeah, I suppose that much information could scare someone away. But honestly, it's going to come out one way or another. We might as well name it and address it. And I'm not saying like, hold on to your stories about what you do. But this might actually be a way of releasing your story. So you can be like, look, I tend to do this thing. I'm going to try not to do it. You can call me out. I just really like the idea of... uh, us being upfront and honest, not thinking anyone is going to be the perfect person for us, knowing that we all have our form of crazy as it were and ways that we were messed up. And especially if you're someone like John, who is trying to change your own habits and change your own story and change who you're typically attracted to, it can be helpful to name it and say to the other person, like, this is kind of what I'm doing right now. What are you doing? What are you working on? How are you neurotic? How are you crazy? What are some of your hangups? This is probably a good third, fourth date conversation once you've already decided you like each other, so you're continuing. And again, like, it doesn't have to be this heavy, like, let's get it all out there. But I think the more we can be honest about being real people and having bad habits and having neuroses without holding on to them, the better chances we have of not having nasty surprises and of actually starting that open and honest communication from the beginning. This talk that I was listening to, which I cannot recommend enough, I think it's called On Love. Uh, He was saying, you know, the greatest gift we could give each other at our wedding is a book of all of the things wrong with us, just so the person already knows. You're not going to find anyone who doesn't have some messed up form of experiencing love or wanting love. And the more you can talk about it from the beginning, I think it'll just set you off on the right foot and make both of you adults and willing to communicate like adults. So 
you know, take it in stride. Don't don't think of it as just unpacking all of your baggage for a person on the first date. But a few dates in, you're feeling good, but you notice these fears coming up for you already. Hey, just want to let you know, this is who I am. This is what I'm working on. Whatever it is. We'll talk more about this. It's a new idea for me, but I'd like to hear if anyone tries it. And I'll add to that, that I actually, because I was just thinking, did I ever do this? And I think when I started to date my boyfriend, not that we are the example of all wonderful love, but it's going pretty well. My birthday was a few weeks into us dating and my birthday really stresses me out and I didn't want him to come and assume that he could act like my boyfriend. So I remember, and I was feeling neurotic about a bunch of things about him being at my birthday. I sent him this super long text, which might have seemed a little crazy about how my birthday makes me neurotic. And if I was going to invite him, he had to act this way and not come too early and not stay too late and not be too affectionate and not, you know, need my attention too much. And I laid it all out for him and he said, okay. And I don't know if it actually helped, but he ended up coming And he ended up staying till the end. And I ended up just wanting to hang out with him anyway. And I was the one who was overly affectionate. So I think somehow just releasing that and letting all of it go and letting my crazy show then allowed me to relax enough where it didn't really have a hold on me anymore and I could act like a normal person. And for whatever reason, it didn't scare him away. So I'm not saying this is always the best thing to do, you know, judge the situation. But a few weeks in, you're feeling good about the person. Give it a try. Let me know. If you have questions or would like to be coached privately or on the podcast, reach out to us, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, notyourtherapistpodcast. Many, many thanks to John McDonough, JX McDonough on Instagram, John X McDonough on Twitter. He's hilarious. He's a writer. He is handsome. He is wonderful. Reach out. Thank you to Josiah Thorngate, our wonderful editor, Christine Bartolucci, Melissa Gruen, our social media producer, and all of you for listening, rating, reviewing, and making dating fun.